Eats. It's Matif Python's Flying Circus. And welcome to another episode of That's No Podcast with Brian and Steve. Uh, both of us are in the house right here in the studio. I hope so. If not, you're just talking to yourself in, 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 in a room. Yeah. What are you doing here? <laughs> I don't know. I'm here. I'm here. I was here last week. I never left. You have you have too many things to stare at. So I get a. Oh, I I'll take that as a compliment. Yes. You'll Very see, good. You'll, you'll see my collection one day. It's, it's <laughs> oh, all... I know. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I still need to. Yeah. It's not yeah. set up as um. We could take the show on the road. You don't want to be in there. That's where the laundry room is. Also, we're, I'm still making it. Well, this right, room right is. Place. I may have a lot of interesting things here, but still, probably the messiest room in the house. We'll see about the things I have on the floor. Well, you should see all the stacks of DVDs that I had to take out of a box to use as storage for a uh, work computer. Oh, yeah. So I had to quickly take care of a matter one morning with a whole bunch of uh, computer uh, computer setup for work. Uh, so I had to use one of my good boxes. And so there's a big uh, tower of Blu-rays and DVDs near my my uh, my, my study TV, if you want is to call it. A, is it a leaning tower of discs? It, it can be if you touch it. <laughs> and every time I see it in there and I'm like, I should, I should fix this. But I, I haven't been able to well, go in there. fix it before a bad accident happens. Yeah, we'll fix it before. I have a yeah, leaning yeah. tower of books behind yeah. me. It's not too big. I think but. all great men have t- a lot of leaning uh, books or movies. Yes. I have a collection of leather-bound books, and my room smells of rich mahogany. Mm. Is that the smell? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. It always is. Good. Yeah. Hope it, hope <laughs> <laughs> well, and now uh, um, I know you have some good news to share. Yes. Uh, that maybe our listeners would enjoy yes. hearing We're about, talking- and you should share it. Yeah, you were you, well, you were talking about how maybe I should get those DVDs in the right place uh-huh. because if the big news is me and my wife are expecting our first child, yay, a little girl, so she can't get around the DVDs because she'll destroy them and she'll break my heart for two seconds. But I'm like, <laughs> hey, it's it's my fault, it's my fault. But yes, we are excited and. Uh, Looking forward to having this new adventure with uh, my oh, wife man. and being as what they've everyone's titled me as girl dad. So I'm girl dad because uh, from the get go, where you you weren't really team girl, team boy. You were I was team healthy, yeah, and happy. That's and good. so far, I've got both. Awesome. So yeah. which uh, I went to the gender reveal, yes. and if you want to share how how did you guys reveal the gender of the i attempted to uh it was me my wife uh, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law they're big golfers they're master pros at it and i i enjoy it i but we don't really know how to do anything so we attempted to hit golf balls all four of us at the same time all had their own ball and all they, they all had their own club and when you hit it it's supposed to be pink smoke or blue smoke and uh, we did it great last uh, Saturday before we practiced, but the grass at this place was a little bit thicker. And so I missed, my wife missed, <laughs> my father-in-law 
destroyed it. And my brother-in-law destroyed it. They did perfectly. But I, I finally did destroy it after the third time of whacking <laughs> it into the wind. And, uh, and it was good. So we got video evidence that I did hit the ball eventually. I did. I did think it was funny uh, when I saw it where, yeah, your father-in-law, brother-in-law both go whack. And you have all that pink smoke on their side. And then <laughs> Nothing for Marie. us. But then I do love the fact that you and Marie both miss at the same time. What, two times yeah. in a row? We're married. If, yeah. if one of us misses, the other one does. There you go. So, <laughs> but it all worked out. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, and then, it, was, uh, it was. What such, matters is the reveal. It was and, such a good turnout. Uh, big thanks to everyone that came. Uh, but also, let's uh, give a big props up to my wife, who's and my, and my her fan her mother who really joined together to get all this ready but my wife she had such a good creative heart and you know spirit to get the way she wanted it and she got it and it was perfect perfect we also did a charity for a, um, a local organization that gets diapers gives diapers to women in need who are single mothers who oh, do not yeah. are not able to buy diapers for themselves and their for their children, of course. So we everyone came. We we asked everyone to come with a pack of diapers, and um, a lot of people did. It was a great turnout. We actually left and went directly to the ch to the local church that picked them up. Met a nice lady. She was so excited to get them. She says we've never had this many diapers. Oh wow! So I was like, all right, awesome. what a what a great way to in the day of festivities for my uh, my little girl. When I was really kind of you guys, uh, very thoughtful of you yes, guys. Again, uh, my wife, she, oh, she yeah. has, she, she, she knows she, such a creative and thinks of others so much more than, uh, than I ever could. Oh, but yeah. on top of that, we also had as much watermelon as I ever wanted in my life. So there's a gigantic Ziploc baggie at home that is full, and I've been chowing down on it oh, wow. the whole week. So, yeah. I would have partaken in more, but I was party hopping that Yeah, day, you were very so party hopping. You were... I was going to party the party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He went to an exclusive uh, young party with uh, some uh, young girls. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was his family. It was my five-year-old niece, <laughs> and things got my niece crazy. turned uh, five years old, and so went to go to her little party, and yeah. and uh, so yeah, I was party hopping. I know you brought you got all the appetizers that day. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, oh man, oh yeah, my sister knows how to put a spread of appetizers out. I remember your previous oh, birthdays where she's done for you. So yeah, oh yeah, oh so yeah, she goes all out. They like all my whole family, all my sisters, my mom love putting together receptions and spreads. I mean, the, the, you know, it's a lot of work, but they just love uh, putting it together and doing it. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Well now uh, with some recent announcements uh, in order, uh, should we reveal what our topic is for tonight? Yeah. Climate change. So yes. sit down guys, get your notebooks out. We're going to fix this before the end of the episode. <laughs> this, this climate change is a, uh, you know, you, we got to talk, uh, you know, you, you have your podcast and your the change. We're going to, yeah. yeah. Anyway. And now <laughs> for something so completely, completely different. different. Yes. So We're going to talk about. Uh, Monty Python. Yeah. Monty and, Python. And then we'll, British comedy. British comedy. But 
what what got us into watching it as a child and what it's done for us growing up and how it's changed pop culture with Python and why it's spanned and inspired over the years. So I you think, don't have to be so dramatic. Bro. Oh, I don't. Oh, Come I'm on, sorry. Just, let's just let's just talk about I, this. I came in, I came in here for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was just remarking the other day of how, um, or somebody has already told me a uh, uh, few that we do get a little we get a little gushy sometimes when we talk about movies and TV. Do we? And instead of just like uh <laughs> so they do they want the Wikipedia. Well, like no, no, blank. it's like uh, um, we really uh, we really dive in sometimes about how uh, like this changed my life. And uh, but I mean, Care Bears the movie. I think I think people like to hear that, and they like to hear the fun. And I think we have we have our common ground elements in there. We do. Oh yeah, we do. But yeah, yeah. let's dive in. Python. Let's dive in. All right. So. Uh, um, you grew up with it. I, I didn't, but uh, uh, yeah, I'd like you to maybe share a little background on how you got into. My well, Python. I grew up with two two ways: one on PBS, and then also on Comedy Central. And this is before again. This is before streaming. And if you could find it on VHS, it might have been like one or two episodes. It was no like full s- series available. And if you did, they were probably worth. They were probably a lot of money. Um, but I remember watching it mostly on PBS. PBS is really, really good at in the uh, early eighties and seventies and maybe early nineties that they would put on a lot of Brit- British television shows. There were shows like, um, Faulty Towers, which I haven't has John Cleese in it. He did it after uh, Python, but there was also, um, there was one called like, uh, it was all about like a, a store up in like, and I'm like a mall. I used to love it. That, are you being served? Are you being served? Thank you, Stephen. And I was such a big fan of that. Is I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> uh, I think I was first. I was more interested and fascinated by everyone's British accent. And I was like, this is what is this? But it was so silly and wacky, and it didn't feel like a, my parents' hee haw show. I was like, this is not hee haw. This is not Red Skelton. This is not the Marx Brothers. This is something different. And this weird and also intelligent comedy. And I was fascinated, fascinated. So, but uh, I just delved into it. I, I, could, I didn't understand it at first, but I was fascinated by it. Awesome. And, you know, uh, um, it, it's different. British comedy is different. It's not for everybody. Um, I, I want to say Monty Python relates to so many more people because it was a little different than your other British comedies at the time. And like, there's some jokes, whatever, that are only funny for maybe uh, the British viewer yes, or an English viewer. And, uh, but um, uh, for Monty Python, some of the skits were just so maybe relatable at the time. And Saturday Night Live got a lot of inspiration from it. That um, as crazy as it is, as wacky as Monty Python is, there's a lot of skits that everybody talks about, everybody jokes about. Not you know, not everybody talks about every single British comedy, but everyone knows you know the dead parrots and the uh, silly walks, silly walks, and all that. I mean, uh, physical humor like that can. I guess, I guess it could reach different audiences and different groups. And so 
Um, I guess some survive, some don't, kind of. But um, but talking about uh, Monty Python, uh, especially, I know you're a huge fan. You uh, love all the actors in it, all the main yes, guys. I think that's one that followed big... all their careers. Yeah, it, even as a kid, I I just really liked the actors. All the actors were so likable. They had some sort of like living cartoon about them that they were just going to be constant, you know, funny jokes ever, ever, whatever they did, even if they were, you know, reading a menu off to you. I was like, we probably think this is hilarious. But I remember watching mostly Michael Palin. Michael Palin was in a lot of movies that I liked because, uh, like A Fish Called Wanda, which also had John Cleese in it, and uh, a lot of the Terry Gilliam movies, which he's a python, uh, like Time Bandits, uh, what we call Jabberwocky, which was uh, their f- Taylor, Terry's first film, and it has Michael in it. But Baron, uh... Baron Munchausen has Eric Idle in it. Um, but it always was a treat to see a movie with a python as a cameo. And, Eric Idle was in the National Lampoon movies. He always played like, well, not all of them. I think he was in the uh, the second one that when they go over to Europe, yeah, he he plays in it, and I think he's in another one of the movies too. Well, I think um, of all of them, uh, John Cleese and Eric Idle pop up the most. Yes, in a lot of many 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 movies. Like for instance, uh, one of my favorite comedies that we do right with Brendan Fraser. Eric Idle has a huge. I've heard role that. In that. Yes, one. Eric Idle. So that was actually my introduction, to Eric Idle. And I was like, this guy is hilarious. But I didn't realize I hadn't seen Money Python at the time. Later on, I did. But uh, um, And John Cleese, you can hear his voice in many, many animated movies. Uh, Very much. So he makes an appearance everywhere. So they've definitely uh, made their mark mm-hmm. on, on different genres. Even if they do a cameo in a bad movie, they're the, like, they're like the bright spot. Because yeah. there's a movie called like The Out-of-Towners with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. And I was like, I am never going to watch this. But John Cleese plays the owner of a hotel that they stay in. And I saw that in the trailer and I was like, man, that looks like the funniest part of the whole entire film. But yeah. You know, that was a remake. I heard. Because the original has Jack Lemmon. I've seen the Jack Lemmon. Yeah. Which I guess came out a few years before that. Probably 20 20 years. Yeah, a few years too. Yeah. (laughs) Um. That the the Jack Lemon one's good too, yeah. and uh, but uh, uh, and just the other day I was just talking with a friend about uh, or was it me and you? Were we talking about Fightful Goes West? I don't or no, know. Somebody I forgot already. I'll say yes. <laughs> we were talking about nice. cartoons, and uh, one of my favorites was Fightful Goes West, and yeah. the bad the villain in that one was voiced by John Cleese. Uh, but you you could find him a lot if you just uh, I, I'm willing to bet John Cleese's movie credits. Or probably way the most longer, of yeah. any of them. There's, there's an audio book uh, of C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters. Oh, really? And it's read by John Cleese <laughs> as as Screw Tape, the wow. the, the, de- the demon. And I I really want to read the book before I listen to the audio because I'm like that's that's really gonna because John Cleese has a very particular voice. Which is dead. <laughs> it's deceased. He is expired and gone to meet his maker. <laughs> I. It's a light planet. 
that's why and his voice was it was, it was almost sometimes very much like this and then he will just get up high <laughs> do not understand which i was thinking he's trying to do an impression of his dad mm-hmm. apparently his dad was very stodgy i read that i watched the documentary once and i think he talked about that his father was a very stodgy like very old school british dude i always think he's doing an impression of his dad but uh, michael and it's funny how the pythons all came from different backgrounds some from poor families some from richer families michael palin came from a pretty well-off family i think his father uh, well they're all very well educated they're educated yes but some more than others but his michael palin's dad was really scared he didn't understand that he's like my, my son is an actor you know he just like this, yeah. this is just a job <laughs> and then he got a job as a python yeah and it was for b no he got a job for a kid show writing skits uh for the bbc and when he told his dad he worked for the bbc he was like oh that's outstanding that's <laughs> a yeah yeah monthly paycheck he was yeah. very much happy about that i think his father was really scared i think he uh, one of them uh, graham was supposed to be a doctor uh, yeah and yeah. uh and he did not want to be it he got very depressed uh and he did I, not want to be a, a, i think uh, it's hard for any of these guys to for anyone get it into the, that field of work uh it's all it's always hard to argue the case that this is what i'm going to do this is how i'm going to make money you know i'm just going to be a, a comedian or uh you know even uh i watch conan a lot and conan brian always makes jokes like that about how uh, just being a stand-up comedian and how you know how does how does that sound you know like you know you're being like you're like oh i'm a firefighter i'm you know this and I'm, a, I'm a stand-up comedian you know it's it's hard for a lot of people to take it serious everybody loves it everybody likes a comedian but then even now i think it's still uh um i mean it's probably looked on nicer than it was then but it's like i don't know you know what i mean it's it wasn't it was frowned upon like it's kind of like yes. that's how you're going to make your money you're going to do goofy stuff yeah you, know? you probably think of uh, if your son back then or your daughter goes into the acting they're almost in like the same room as working as a carny so there's an awesome skit that monty python did uh i always thought was hilarious where it's the boy wants to go off to be a coal miner and the dad is all mad because he wants him to be an actor and graham <laughs> graham is the dad and eric idol's the son and but it's just it's just like the total opposite like eric idol's saying like you know i want to go off to the coal mines dad please you know and i'm like back in my day you know we dressed up like ladies and danced on stage and you're just going <laughs> you just want to go in the coal mines you know but it's like I just love how it's just a reverse. Usually it's like the dad is the, you know, I, he has the big industrial background and the son wants to go dance on stage. You know, it's just, it's just funny having the reverse. Kind of reminds me of the skit for that. It will jump to um, a similar skit of the homicidal barber and the lumberjack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to be a homicidal barber. <laughs> he wants to be a lumberjack in uh, British Columbia. So yeah, uh, yeah. Are you gonna sing the song? Do we want to sing the song? Or maybe we'll do that later. We'll do that later. That'll be the grand finale. I think that'll be the grand finale. I think that's too much. <laughs> that that would be the big battle in the middle of the movie. That should be at the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
Oh, ah, did Jeff Goldblum ah, come? Oh, oh, well, well, yes, yeah, yes. Uh, oh, oh, I, 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 I actually, uh, I grew up watching Monty Python on, uh, you know, the, the reruns on, uh, 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 uh PBS. Um, but actually, probably not, because uh, when I was little, uh, it wasn't always PBS. But... <laughs> That's what yeah. I hear in my head always. You know, I mean, no, I can't do that. I keep trying to work on my own. Trying to like, and, oh, wow. Like, wow. I mean, wow. I mean, you know, the Monty Pythons, you know, I mean, they're, they're pretty funny guys. I mean, you just kind of have to rewatch their skits, and and you know they're really rewatchable guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for something completely different. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess we should just dive into uh, what are some of your favorite skits. Uh, what's your all-time favorite Monty Python skit? My favorite Monty Python one is the argument. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. I actually give a little context of it. What well, happens? It, I mean, this sounds so bad. If you if you explain a skit, it's not <laughs> funny anymore. But it, this the simplest thing is Michael Palin comes into a doctor's office or an office who, and he's there, and he wants to have an argument, kind of like you would go to each room and have a different um, experience. But he comes in, and he wants an argument, and he goes into one of the rooms, and it's John Cleese. Um, actually, before it's all that, the, it's actually he goes in. It's the wrong room. It's the wrong room, and it's he goes. The contradiction. In, yeah, and room. it's 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 a uh, Graham, and well, oh. there's a contradiction, but there's also there's the one several that, rooms. Well, yeah, there's one. The one that that's really funny is that he finally goes into one of the rooms, and he's just like, I don't have to take the one. The guy gets really mean to him. He's like, I don't have to take this. He's like, I came in for an argument. Oh, I'm sorry. This is abuse. Yeah, and he go and he goes to the wrong room and all that. But it's so hard to explain skits. But he's pretty much he. I'd like to have an argument, please. please. Yeah. No, it's funny, but um, I feel like maybe not as many people have seen that skit. That's my favorite skit. I, I actually prefer that one more than the parrot one. Yeah. Hello, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Which that is a good one, though. The dead parrot, where you know, of course, classic. He walks in with the dead parrot, and he's trying to return it, trying to exchange it for another one, and. Of course, Michael Palin's a shopkeeper, and mm -hmm. and uh, like they said in that video we just watched earlier, how uh, it's really the whole skit is making fun of just any you know you could insert any item you want. I mean, they threw in a parrot, but it's just it's anybody can relate to that skit because it's the it's it's whatever people have to go through anytime they try to return. Have you ever felt like that skit was almost uh, like there's a sequel to it, and which is the cheese shop? Yeah, it's always very, very, very similar. similar. We well, you know there's another one where it's the, you know, Eric Idle's the shopkeeper, and he he says something nice and something mean. He just oh, he's just um, like yes, transitions back and yes, forth. he's like like he'll say something nice to you, like oh yeah, can I help you? And it's like yeah, I was looking for like some uh, yeah, chocolate. Like, and like oh yeah, I bet you are. And then like he just keeps going, or he he insults and compliments. Yeah, he's like oh you dumb twit, yeah. you know, and he's like he's, he's like, like oh, pick oh, your pardon. Know what I mean? Notch, 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 notch. Yeah, notch. Yeah. That's that's a that's an also I think that maybe my second favorite. What's <laughs> so you're trying to insinuate something? <laughs> yeah, I want to know if you, you know, been with a woman. Have you <laughs> sucked with a lady? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> yes. What's it like? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, 
there's there's just so many though but uh um uh, the cheese shop you the just cheese mentioned shop yeah one i love that really one cool. like if you i'm gonna ask you a question <laughs> and if you tell me the wrong answer i'm going to shoot you do you have any cheese no no <laughs> did you shoot some it it's it's so awesome but you know we they had what i think 45 episodes I think we read that somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's 45 episodes, and it was the big reason why I think the show stayed around for so long was it was so different than all the other comedies like you were telling about. But it was so kind of risque for the British. Oh yeah, cult culture at the time where I think people got kind of like fixated because they're like. We're, what are we watching? Because, yeah. you know, everyone, British people have like the stereotype of the old days that they were like stuck up and proper. And mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get Mighty Python and they kind of like shake the tree a little bit, uh, you know, and bring in their kind of comedy. And people are like, what is this? The, the, some, there was a story where almost all the episodes were destroyed. Oh, wow. They were almost all destroyed. And there was one guy who said, I think, because at one time they used to record, re-record on the same tapes. Oh. They didn't want to, they didn't want to keep, because mm-hmm. back then media was such a cheap thing. Like they didn't care. It was, if it showed one time on television, that's all that mattered. Yeah. Doctor Who. There's some lost episodes of Doctor Who mm-hmm. that we will, you'll never see. They were just, they were destroyed like that. But on my Python, you almost got, Every episode almost got destroyed, but one guy apparently said, I think we should put these to the side somewhere. Yeah. And that's why we get Bonnie Python now because it was so, uh, it didn't come to the States until a couple of years after yeah, they started later. to get really into their, you know, after they got really popular. Well, I mean, it really, I mean, every comedy skit show takes its inspiration from Bonnie Python. So Saturday Night Live was totally, um, you know, a, Lauren, Lauren Michaels, all in that were totally blown away by um, uh, Monty Python. And so all of a sudden you see all these comedy skit shows popping up everywhere. Um, so, I mean, there was other shows like Saturday Night Live. Not all of them survived, but all of a sudden you just see everybody doing it. You know, everybody everywhere. has to follow the yeah. same pattern. And yeah, it, it was kind of, it was almost like a, what they call it, the second British invasion. Or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, you know, it's like just like the Beatles kind of swept uh, the music world uh monty Python swept the comedy world um and so it's yeah it's remarkable how yeah i mean because yeah everybody can credit them for various things like that but i know um uh, several of my family members have been able to you know uh, a lot of them are involved in community theater mm-hmm. and uh, there's been some variety shows where they were able to do some stage uh variety shows and a couple times, I know my brother got to act out some Monty Python skits, like the Dirty Fork, um, the Dirty Fork sketch, yeah. and uh, which that's a good one. And then uh, he did the the Fresh Fruit, uh, yes, the self defense with fruit, which I think that one's hilarious. Where John Cleese is the crazy uh, sergeant instructing these guys in self defense against fruit. Uh, again, these things are just so wacky. It's like you know, you wonder sometimes how in the world did they come up with this? Like, it's just, it's just so wacky. I mean, and, and that's why some of these, some of their skits survived. Some of them didn't. I mean, you could watch, you could rewatch some of the older episodes and there'll be a few skits where you're like, yeah, yeah. that just, it didn't, 
but like some, I mean, almost all of them are ridiculous in one way or another, but some make it, some don't, you know, and I think that goes with any comedy group, any comedian, you know, you can, you know, me and you can be cracking up, making our own joke about something, but then it falls flat with, you know, kind of like this podcast, you know, context, (laughs) but, um, uh, you know, there's just so many, I mean, there's so many good clips. I, talking about the guys, I love the stories of what they did to each other. Like some, some always said they liked, liked the other one more than the other. They all loved each other, but some of them were kind of hard to work with. But I always loved what John Cleese said about Terry Jones. He's like, what Terry doesn't understand is that he's Welsh. And God created the Welsh to serve the British. And he does not understand that. The Welsh were created to serve the British. And we so know, they never uh, got along very but, well. But it makes me, you know, wonder. We would definitely know the movies were a test on their friendship. But it's yes. like uh, any time where you start working more closely with friends and um, and it involves work like that, it's kind of hard. You kind of test those boundaries of that friendship where you're having fun. But then, you know, the more time you spend and the more work you do, uh, you can butt heads. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I think it happened probably a lot on the comedy show because everybody, you know, there's four or five of them. All of them are going to come up with their own joke that each of them might think is worth it or funny, but not all of them are going to make the the cutting room floor, you know, they're going to get cut out. And so it happens, you know, and I think it really uh, happened a lot more in the movies. This episode is brought to you by Spam. Spam, Spam! Spam it is spam, 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 spam it is spam, 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 spam it is spam, spam it is spam, spam it is spam, spam it is spam. So moving on from maybe some of the skits of chatting about some of the Monty Python movies. Yes. And of course, the first one we have to talk about is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic. That's probably the one that everybody can agree on, and everybody, almost anybody you run into has seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they haven't seen all of them, but everybody knows uh, that one. And it, I mean, everything just, you know, there's rare comedy movies that just have such a huge following, but like every scene has quotable lines and memorable skits. And, My you know. favorite line, and I used to try to imitate the voice because it had um, Eric Idle and Terry Jones in it. And those are the ones I always wish I could, those, those are the guys I always wanted to meet. But there's a part where there's like a castle, of course, uh, and Terry Jones is playing like this kind of like fat, he's wearing like fur, like fat king with like fur on him. And he has a, he's like, was it? What does he say? Um, One day, son, all yeah. of this will be yours. That's Michael and it, Palin. And that's Michael Palin. And then you have Terry Jones. It's the son. It's like this, like wimpy, pale face. It's like what the curtains? And he's like, no, not the curtains. <laughs> it's, and I, I laughed all every every time that, I watched that. That's a funny one. Yeah. It really is. What the curtains? <laughs> the curtains. <laughs> and I was like a little bit worried, like. Hey, 
and make sure he doesn't leave the room. Yeah. So, so if he leaves, we fall him out the room. No, no, no. <laughs> you stay. Don't let him out the room. <laughs> it, that goes on for like so five or six minutes where he's they... trying to convince them that, no, you stay here. Watch him. Make sure he doesn't leave. But anyway. Well, there's a part where one of the, the and then on top of that, it just escalates because you have John Lisa's character. And yeah. He just runs yeah. in there and he starts stabbing people, and no one's fighting. Well, him. he thinks it's a damsel in distress. Yes, yeah, and he's just stabbing yeah. random people. Oh yeah, and, and uh, he runs up. And he's like, oh. and then I think someone even I think one of the guards even has like flowers. Yeah, in his yeah. hair. So yeah. they're not good. No, I love that. I was like, what a nice son. Oh, this will be yours. What the curtains? <laughs> so funny. That's my, uh, actually my favorite line of the whole movie. But yeah, everything <laughs> else. Is, but what? 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 what is, tell me about your experience with Python with uh, my uh, Holy Grail. Well, I mean, uh, um, you just like you never watched it. Yeah, I, I never <laughs> seen it. No, um, so many. You know, of course, I just love the way it begins. You know, and I love how they actually try to make it look like an authentic medieval movie in yeah. some parts like the music came to god i know there's a whole story behind the the music but but it's like uh you know the quality is what gets you first and so you hear all this you know you have the trumpets playing and the story begins and it's all the foggy mist and they filmed on location some of those old castles you know yeah and uh but like when the smoke comes and you hear them galloping and when they <laughs> emerge out of the smoke and he's just trotting on foot and the guy behind him with the coconuts, the coconuts. um it's just, you know, what better way to start a, a wacky, zany comedy movie? You know, it just, I mean, it just. Ingenious. It goes from there, you know. And, then, and of course, I mean, the very first scene, they're arguing about birds migrating or. Um, Swallow. <laughs> they don't migrate. Uh, no, coconuts don't migrate. Yes. Well, um, they could be. I always. Fly ship. Then <laughs> uh, I love uh, the little scene where uh the, the poor people are are in the mud and and uh they have that conversation <laughs> like i am your king <laughs> well, i didn't vote for you i love that and of course you know everybody i think agrees with at least two scenes uh the first being uh when john cleese is the black knight at the oh of uh, course you know none shall pass and it's only a flesh wound you know um, everybody loves that bit. That's, I mean, that's probably, if not the most classic bit. Oh, no, your leg off. Yeah. <laughs> your mind is not all you've got. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Knights of, uh, me, 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 me. And then, uh, but then of course the other one that everyone always talks about is the final near the very end when it's the, the little guy guarding the bridge, another bridge. And, and he asks you those questions. Uh, what is your favorite Blue. Wait a minute. Green. Don't like. Ah. I don't know that. Uh, But then uh, one of my favorites too is uh, the whole uh, rabbit skit. Where, of course, uh, John Cleese plays. Some call me Tim. Tim. (laughs) I love the beginning of that of the wizard when he's just like in the middle of. of, He just. Use it. He's just blowing things up he just to blow. He his life filming that scene. He does what? He risks his life filming that scene. Really? It was very, very precarious. Very dangerous. He's, he did not feel safe at all. He was standing on all these very small ledges 
doing those scenes. Like he actually, he had to do those stunts standing on the rocks like that. And he was paranoid during that whole uh, filming, but, but I, I love how they go to the little cave and, and, you know, he's building up this big monster, this beast and, and the little white rabbit crawls yeah. out and I'm like, what? And, you know, but as someone who uh, has a lot of um, high church talk uh, as, as my church, uh, the memes of like, thou shalt throw the holy hand grenade, yeah. not on Tuesday, but on Wednesday, thou shalt plug, unplug the grenade, thou shalt throw it, thou shalt throw it with, like, it, that meme is every single year when there's like some sort of holiday on the church calendar, they, I see, I see that meme of, of, of the, all that dialogue and it's yeah. so funny. But like one, thou shalt count, two, <laughs> as long as they proceed to three, no more than three shall they count. <laughs> they go it's so funny. They go over and over and over. And it, it, and it's 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 the best. But I also love. Um, I don't want to get to the very end of the of the movie because it's so it's so everyone knows it. But I love when it's only a model. Yeah, it's like hush. She's like shh. But I rem the the you're talking about the coconuts. Mm-hmm. That was because they couldn't get horses. That was it. That was just the whole reason why they did coconuts instead of horses because they couldn't afford it. Uh, the funny mm-hmm. little fun little trivia is that castle that you see every single time is the same as yes. that castle. Yeah. They reused different, the, angles, different yeah. angles, like what the curtains and all that, okay. and on top. And then you see the uh, the other times where um, every time you see the castle, well, there was a really nice documentary of special feature on the DVD. Uh, yeah. Yes. Another shout out for DVD special features. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a really pleasant documentary. It was like a 20 minute. Yeah. It was Terry, Terry Jones, Terry and, Jones Michael and, Palin. and Michael Palin. Yeah. They went on a, on a walking like travel tour of all the sites mm-hmm. that they did for. That was, Holy Grip. that was my very first DVD I ever bought was the special edition Monty mm-hmm. Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, and watching that, was such a good I, I watched that documentary many times because it was so pleasant mm-hmm. but can you imagine being there on that day touring the castle and also michael palin and terry jones come terry jones comes around the corner it's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we get a sequel no <laughs> uh, but uh which there's talks there were talks at one time that they wanted to make a sequel to Monty Python. And it did Grail. become pretty famous on Broadway when they did yes the musical, which I've them. never. I heard it's good. I heard it's really good. Yeah, but I, I never saw it on stage. I've never seen it either. But uh, I've heard it's great. She done being too newt. I got better. <laughs> I got better. But uh, um, but no, uh, we were talking earlier uh, before taping about how um, they did butt heads a lot um, when they did get to making the movies and how. Both Terry Jones and Terry Gilliam yeah, both, both had a lot of two directing. Uh, the two Terrys uh, um, both had directing under their belt, but they didn't always get along. And uh, I think they did have a clash of friendships there in, in, in the filming, especially. Uh, I remember uh, John Cleese, one of them, talking like uh, like Terry Jones would be directing in his outfit. His suit um, armor, yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, the way he lifts up his. It's stupid. Uh, his it's so stupid. Advisor, yeah. Whatever. Like he'd come up to you, and they said they they got to the point where they hated it. He knew like if he was coming up to you, he was about to give you harsh notes, or we're gonna have to retape a scene. And, and it was 
it was overall a very unpleasant experience for most of the actors. Uh, like uh, they really put a lot of work into uh, Holy Grail, and you were saying none of them really. They 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 were pretty convinced that they thought they were making a bomb. Yeah, they were thought they were making such a turkey of a movie, but uh, they also were almost ran out of uh, budget. Mm-hmm. And I think George Harrison from Beetle from the Beatles actually stepped in and put his own money. Well, he 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 helped with Life of Brian. Was it Life of Brian? Yeah, not it not wasn't. Okay, Brian. well, yeah, <laughs> I am corrected. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. Uh, but. Uh, I, I thought they ran out of money also. They were about to run out of money, but... Yeah, they, I think they, they did some crazy things. They got some people to fund them. Um, they did get some celebrities. Well, I do um, know we were talking well, earlier yeah. that Elvis yeah. absolutely loved the movie. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, hey, these uh, British uh, funny guys are really... Uh, they really crack me up. Uh-huh. You can get some coconuts. Oh, yeah. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, this sounds like we're talking about Johnny Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> this is Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Bravo's Elvis. But uh, the classic. Oh, I'm all shook up after watching this. Uh, you're a Monty Python. <laughs> Actually, that's not like Johnny Cash. Would it? Hello. It was a little bit like it. I'm Monty Python. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, I keep a close watch on these Monty Pythons. Okay. <laughs> ring, of, ring of Python. Uh, but everyone always talks at the very end of the movie when they go to the castle with the French soldiers. Oh, yeah, I yeah. fought in your general direction. Yeah. <laughs> your father was a fava bean. What was it? They said something like, your father was a fava bean. Your mother smells of elderberries. <laughs> something like that. And they would shoot cows at them. Mm-hmm. Perfect. But I love the end of Holy Grail. When it just turns into this weird thing where the cops come, yeah, and they arrest everyone, and it makes me think, was was this really a thing? Like, were that we actually on an adventure, or was this just silly because it's Pi Python, yeah. or is it yeah. just a whole bunch of people reenacting uh, <laughs> like a, a King Arthur um, reenactment? Like, you know, like which they did have a lot of kids playing those extras in the end. Yes. That was a whole bunch because he call he calls upon all these uh, soldiers. Yeah, and, yeah. No, um, I think somebody uh, it was either Eric Arnold or John Cleese said uh, some of their kids were kind of like, "What? This is how you guys ended the movie?" Yeah, it was like you know, for some people it does fall flat, but then I don't know for an insane movie it fits to have for an a insane Python movie. End. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It makes it feel like the end of one of their skits because they were known for, like the famous parrot uh, skit. It doesn't end with a ending; it ends with the classic. Right, this event, this skit is way too silly, much too silly. Well, get on with it. <laughs> and it, and that's how it felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I really loved like Camelot, <laughs> and, and just like, and they go into it, and you have. What a nuts of the round table, man. Yeah. I don't know yeah. the lyrics to this. We're not going out because Camelot is quite silly. It's quite, it's quite silly. <laughs> but you were talking about the DVD. Um, there's another really fun uh, document uh, documentary on there where they did that whole skit of like Camelot, and it's all in Legos. Have you oh, seen really? that one? It's really, really good. And the funniest part is when it goes to the little. Uh, guy in the dungeon he's just like clapping his hands <laughs> he's like yeah and they do that with legos it's, it's quite yeah. funny oh yes bring yeah. out your dad yeah we got bring out your dad. dad i'm not dead yet <laughs> <laughs> 
but of course. <laughs> the shrubbery. <laughs> oh, shrubbery! You shall bring us a shrubbery! <laughs> they make the shrubber. <laughs> I'm a shrubber. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's a million more we're not thinking of. Yeah, we, we but I mean, the leave. point is, that movie is just full of, of ran, the most random, funny, slapstick humor you'll see anywhere. It's a, and, it's a, and it, it's shot so well. It doesn't seem feel like you're watching some sort of like cheap comedy. Everything looks like has a really good gloss on it, almost. Kind of like I said, it has that authentic feel to it. Yeah. And I really go, and I think they said that it sells the joke about how real it looks. Like that, bring out your dead scene. It mm-hmm. looks like a miserable, mm-hmm. famine, fatigued uh, neighborhood, in their little village in the you know dark ages. And so, uh, it, I think it makes it even more funny that way. But, uh, well, I guess we can. Do we want to talk about Life of Brian? I mean, you're Brian. <laughs> I know. I should talk I, about your life. Life of Brian. What's, what's your life like, Brian? Uh, it's really good right now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's good to hear. Uh, did you hear I'm having a uh, baby girl? Really? Oh, yeah. Actually, we were thinking of transitioning to an ASMR podcast, right? Uh, I don't think so. And don't go, and don't, don't no, no, put no, that on. No, it's okay. <laughs> so, anyway, so we, we just want to talk about our, our favorite movies. And, so, you know, Monty Python is. The, the comedy skits in that scene are just, uh, you know, it's a very memorable movie. And <laughs> so, um, we're going to talk about how you make a uh, frozen tombstone pizza. You um, open up the fridge, and you grab the uh, tombstone. If you don't have that, get a tortillas pizza, take it out of the red box, put it on a pizza pan, set the oven to 450. And wait thirty minutes, and then you can enjoy your pizza. Um, Brian, so. maybe maybe you uh, have missed your true calling. Maybe this should have been. <laughs> Did we ever find out what ASMR stands for? I have for? no idea. Do we? I think we should Google wait, uh, that before we. <laughs> Sorry, this is we just. I know we, we yeah we were talking oh, about um, this before the time. autonomous sensory meridian response. All right. Yeah, it sounds it very British. Mm-hmm. Sounds like something. Like- it's an autonomous <laughs> uh, sensory meridian response. Yeah, yes, like that. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Life of Brian is uh, kind of hard to uh, really explain. It's either you like it or you don't. Yeah, you love it or you hate it, and you know. And I, I, I think the the problem is, is you know. I, I get the thing. Like I've seen so many Bible movies. Yes, I've seen so many uh, Life of Jesus movies that I do love some of the. Uh, um, I, I can get. I get a lot of the jokes. I mean, because you can relate to all the different yeah. movies you've seen. But the problem is, you can only go so far, and and that's what made the movie so controversial. Is you you can only go so far, and you're going to offend several groups of people. Yeah, and. And do they go so far in some areas? Yes. And do they go really clean and fun in some areas? Yes. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of like you find that middle ground in the movie. But um, a couple of scenes that, that come to mind are just, I mean, it's, it's wacky. But, like, the way the movie starts is, and honestly, like, the only time you actually see their depiction of, of Jesus in the movie is the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, but far I, away. But I love, oh, I kind of love, I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, they're not taking anything away from Jesus, but it's all these rich 
pompous people in the background and they can't hear him, yes, they can't see him. So funny. And that to me, like, okay, that's and and I love all the rebels, like the all the you know zealots uh, working. All those the scenes are pretty funny when the zealots are almost kind of. The, yeah, well, they're all, they all have their different factions. Well, they're like, know? what has the Romans ever given to us? They're like, they didn't give us pipes, like sewage. <laughs> He's like, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pipe system. Now, well, yeah, we can't mention one of my favorite scenes, but uh, um, yeah, the so one I... that cracks up everybody is the Roman Emperor scene, which, you know, I'm oh, that one, that the, one's pretty Don't you mean the big scene? Yes, the, the big, big scene, scene. The big scene. Yeah, so, the biggest the, the biggest but uh um that <laughs> even i mean all you have to do is watch like a few seconds of that scene and you just start uh, i can't keep from laughing every time i see that scene but um i mean it has its its moments and but i mean me personally i of all the movies my favorite is definitely by far holy grail and i because i just think overall and everybody can kind of agree on that one. It's pretty funny. Um, it gets controversial with the other ones, but um, but what's your overall take on Life of Brian? I I have enough, um, hopefully enough humility to watch it and say this is just a movie. And if anyone uses it as a way of using it as their own religion, almost like they're thinking like this is actually what this means or. Uh, or if it brings anyone away from it, then it's a movie. You shouldn't really think of it more than just a movie. Um, if something like that offends you, that's fine. You can you can be offended, but it's not. It's just a movie. You can turn it off. You can you can de- you can delete. You can take it off your queue on Netflix, uh, and and put it somewhere in the ether of Netflix. But my me personally, I like it. And again, there are some. Um, my favorite skit I can't say on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, and it's not that's not the big scene. But uh, then there's a couple of scenes that I think are are, are just funny in general. Um, there's the uh, um, the hag scene where they haggle. Like, don't you want to haggle? Mm-hmm. When he's selling, he's just trying to buy a fake beard real quick. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yes, I do. And then that. I like when several rebel parties attack at the same time mm-hmm. in the palace. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I always thought the graffiti scene was funny, where uh, the, Latin, the Latin, the Latin yes. scene that uh, that's pretty funny. Um, so, I mean, the, the funny thing is, they have a lot of jokes in there that that don't have anything to do with any controversy, anything. It's just just straight up humor, um, or like when they go in the, um, uh, I don't know, I've already forgotten the other one I was going to bring up. But anyway, it's just funny. I mean, there's there's but like I said, I mean, even, you know, even when I saw, I mean, there's, I mean, I, I just think it's just the way it is. And when you use that storyline in, in this story, you're, you're going to shake up. It's going to, you know, even me, I laugh at something in other scenes. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, I think that goes, you know, even now, if I watch any comedy show, like every now and then there's going to be a few jokes that are funny. And there's, there's going to be something that kind of jabs at you. And like, a, especially a show like Family Guy, you know, it's like Family Guy <laughs> makes fun of, all genres or all groups of people that you know anybody can watch it and laugh one second and get offended one second of you know and i think that's um how a lot of modern comedy shows are now but i do always what i appreciate i appreciate a show that is good enough so that i can just laugh from beginning to end 
and I feel like Holy Grail is one of those where I, it's I, nice. I just it's, know I'm going to be laughing it's a, that whole It's a long. great, enjoyable ride mm-hmm. with kooky characters and a fun idea because who doesn't like a good King Arthur story? Well, you know, um, I don't know what it is. Why Why does uh, that recipe always seem to work? Like medieval comedies. It seems like that's like when we talk about Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. I mean, Princess Bride reminds me of a part. It's almost like half Monty Python, half Mel Brooks. Very much. It's very um, much a Mel Brooks. It, like I when I first that, watched yeah. it, I thought this has got to be a Mel Brooks movie. In fact, I was. I mean, I, I thought it was, uh, but it wasn't. And similar to uh, um, a lot of those medieval comedies. So we've talked about the shows, the show. Uh, we've talked about Holy Grail. We've talked about Life of Brian. I guess we now we should talk about The Meaning of Life, which is such an interesting title. It is a good movie. The only skit I can really remember is the beginning of it where they try, it's like a, the British, like they're like classic red, they're wearing like. I mean the businessmen? The, you know, I, I mean, uh, well, no, it's a, isn't it like a soul, the beginning of the episode of the movie, there's a, there's a part where they're trying to give someone like a, a, a clock or like a cake in the middle of a, of a battle. Oh well, you mean the Zulu Wars? Yeah, the Zulu Wars. Like there, yeah, yeah. There's a Zulu War scene that that's honestly one of the main scenes that I I know is it's hilarious and they go all out. It's like a full yeah. movie quality production of a uh, one of the you know during the middle of the Zulu War and I love how it's just making fun of the pompous officers and yes. all the, the enlisted men who were sacrificing and so. You know, it starts off, you have all these guys in tent and they're calmly talking. And like, you know, have you seen Jenkins lately? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, they're all chatting and they're like reading books. And one of them decides like, oh, you know, has, has the sergeant been around? I'm like, oh, we, we need to go see what Jenkins is. And like, they get out of the tent and there's this wild battle going on. Yes, and the soldiers yeah. are fighting for their lives. And like some of the men are like there's people dying in front of them and they're just walking from tent to tent. They go into the other tent. Like, good morning, Jenkins. And, and he's like, oh, what happened to your leg? And and the guy was like, well, I went out and a, a lion ran off my leg, you know? Yes. <laughs> and they get the surgeon to come look around. They make a big deal about it. Like, oh my God, there's a lion out there. And <laughs> there's a lion in the woods. And like, uh, they make this big deal. Like, we got to go find that lion and maybe we can find the leg, you know? And, and uh, but then also they call the sergeant in, and sergeant's like bleeding, and he comes in. And they're like, "Yes, sergeant, get a squad together, and we need to go find you know the lieutenant's leg." And but like you know they're in the middle of this battle, and and uh, it's just you know it's all. I mean, I think the mean of life they wanted to jab at businessman establishments, you know, yeah. royalty, and and so like the whole skit is just to show how all these officers, you know, when you really look at military history from Britain too. You you get the vibes about all these, you know, how the officers were like all the entitled, they were entitled to everything. And then the little enlisted men had to do all the dirty work for him. And, and so that, that's the whole thing. They make that whole skit and that, but uh, that was always, uh, that, that one stuck out to me, but I mean, I haven't seen the whole movie. I've just kind of seen skits. Oh, you can borrow it from me. Yeah. <laughs> I have it somewhere in my collection. Oh yeah. Uh, there are a lot of skits and a lot of them. I, I, 
I can't really talk about them on the podcast. I know there are meaning of life has a little more, uh, a little more raunch. Yeah. It's it. a lot more controversial yeah, and, raunch in it. um, again, that's, you know, I like how Monty Python, I mean, uh, I love how Holy Grail is still very, it's probably the most calm of, of all yeah. three of the movies. And so, you know, Again, I, I like a movie that doesn't have too much, you know, controversy in it, you know, but it's like, uh, um, I, I think The Meaning of Life has fewer fans than the first two. So, I mean, I feel like a very particular set of people like Meaning of Life because not everybody has seen it. Um, and a lot of the jokes are very hit and miss with people. Um, I, I think just like Life of Brian, I think people either love or hate meaning of life. Yeah. Well, John Cleese hates the film. He hates the film. He says it was a skit film. Mm-hmm. He says skit films do not work. And he says he never felt like it had any sort of story. It felt yeah, like it was a bunch it, of random scenes. Well, here. it was supposed to have some sort of idea because it was all about the meaning of life. It's Monty Python's version of the meaning of life, death, life. Mm-hmm. Uh, childhood, yeah, adulthood, you know, death, uh, which is like, oh, that's a really good episode. Oh, I do like that skit. I do know one that we can talk about without being controversial, where it has a whole bunch of, of course, um, British people around a small little cottage and they're enjoying a good meal and they open the door and there's the classic Grim Reaper. I think it's voiced by John Cleese. And uh, he's like, so, uh, yes, he's like, I'm death. And he's, he's like, all right, come on in. And he come brings them in. And, uh, hey, everyone, this is death. And, he, and they're trying to figure, and they're all like, oh, how's it going, dear boy? You know, and they're all doing all that. And he's like, and they find out that they're all dead. Mm. And death, is, they're like, what, what? And one of the ladies says, um, how, how do we die? And they're all like, and he points at, like, this some sort of like salmon salmon <laughs> moose kind of like dish and they're like i told you you wanted to cook the salmon or what? that was that was a good skip but of course everyone remembers the the really grotesque one at the very end oh, which, I know. There's a lot. which is the really really fat guy who comes in yeah and, yeah. and john cleese is gonna be, he's this like obnoxious like maitre d of a very fancy restaurant and yeah. he hates this guy because he comes in all the time and he's like i'm gonna take care of him and he feeds him all the over food him. and he explodes because yeah. he has this that, one little thin mint i mean it turns into a very funny and it turns very disgusting within minutes but uh um yeah i mean uh it's not for everybody no. that one is really um yeah but even the the lesser Monty Pythons, even when they're not a hundred percent on the Holy Grail level, they're still enjoyable to and some for level. For me, though, personally, I, I still, you know, if it's not Holy Grail, I, I just love rewatching some of the original skits. Yeah. And so again, you know, some of my siblings have performed some of them because um, when you think about it, some of the old skits are, are overall clean, like the Dirty Fork sketch, and you know, even the cheese skit or. Uh, um, dead parrot. I mean, they're just genuine funny. I mean, they're wacky, they're silly, but I mean, it's just anybody can watch that and and laugh at it, and and so I appreciate that part of it, you know. But um, I know we ended up really talking all about Monty Python. Did you did you want to shout out any other British comedies? Uh, 
sure if we can't get super deep into them no i mean i can i can recommend recommend. Uh, again my python was inspirational for many reasons uh for comedy movies and probably writing but for comp british tv shows uh, the ones that i always recommend if you love python you've got to watch black adder black adder in some ways in, in you were talking about medieval like comedies. Why is that mm-hmm. so funny? Black Adder does it in some ways better. Well, well each season is like a is different it, time period. Oh, so my favorite or one of the main ones I've seen is the World War One, and I, I loved it. It's fantastic. And, and it ends. It, it has a very somber. It finale. has such a perfect ending. Yeah, um, really, really funny. Um, I enjoy that. And then um, they did a Black Adder like Christmas Carol, which That's, was pretty funny. Yes, that was funny. Um, Oh yeah. Well, speaking of you know, Ron Atkinson. I mean, uh, uh, Mr. Bean. You can't. Yeah, you can't leave out Mr. Bean. Um, I, I want to say, um, have you seen the Mr. Bean movies? The first one is not that great. The yeah. second one is really good. The one where he's on vacation or going That's through Europe. Mr. Bean that on vacation is really a good. I enjoyed that. I really. I did not think I was going to enjoy it. Yeah. Because the first movie was kind of a bomb. Yeah, I was like, the first one was like, yeah. But the second but, uh, one is yeah. really. It feels like a. A, a real mm-hmm. Mr. Bean. But then I know it's not a TV show, but I can't talk about Rowan Atkinson without talking about Johnny English. Okay. I I love Do you really? the Johnny wow. English movies. Um, and they've made three of them. You know, they have Johnny English, Johnny English Reborn, and then the one that came out just two years ago. Um, I've already forgotten the title. I own all three of them. I didn't. I, I, only, I only thought they knew. I only knew of two of them. Okay. Well, wow. they made a new one. It, it, it's not as funny. That's the first two. Um, my favorite is the second one. The second one is overall just the best. Uh, I think that's Johnny English Reborn. But all of them, like, oh my, I mean, they're all very funny. But uh, the first and second one are just hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, awesome. Awesome, awesome comedies. And, and uh, fairly clean for the most part. And, and uh, I really uh, enjoyed it. Oh, my God. Well, the quick thing about Mr. Uh, about Mr. Bean is I got introduced to it by a little bit of Comedy Central, but we had HBO for a short, short, short time, and they would come on HBO. But the two skits that I'll have to recommend is um, there's one where he goes to church, and he is trying his best to either stay awake during church or he is trying to unravel a piece of candy in the middle of the service, which I think sometimes uh, the best comedy is something that is like truthful or something, you know, you've done. I am, I am guilty of unwrapping a piece of candy during the church. So that I was like, this is the funniest (laughs) thing. There's also one where he sits at a park and the guy next to him on the bench uh, is has like a great sandwich from a restaurant and a, and a cup of tea. And so for some reason, and Mr. Bean is jealous. And so he starts looking through his pockets for random things. And the guy makes tea, but he, he has a hot water bottle. And so Miss, Mr. Bean makes a, makes his cup of tea and a hot water bottle. It's just, the it's such. It's, it's hilarious. And, and, but he's, he's just a genius at physical comedy. He is. But, but that's why I want to give a shout out, especially Johnny English. If you, or if you're a Mr. Bean fan or Ron Atkinson fan, he does so much more. I mean, the guy is so talented. 
I mean, uh, you know, he, he could talk too, by the way. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, his Johnny English, which is a parody of James Bond and all the secret agent movies, uh, is hilarious. It's like, he's a total buffoon, mm -hmm. but he's like the only agent that's, <laughs> that the, the British have. And so it, it's hilarious. It's just one thing after another, but I mean, he's, I just mean, it's a combination of his dialogue humor and then his physical humor. And it's, it's awesome. It's worth a watch if you haven't seen him. I also recommend, um, you can find them free on YouTube, that he did one-man shows. It's just him on stage. Yeah, yeah And they're really good. But all, but the other two British shows, British comedies, that I absolutely loved, one of them was one that my wife introduced me to. I would never heard of it. It was called Black Books. And it was on Netflix when we watched it, but it's not on there anymore. Mm. But... Um, it's about a guy who owns a small used bookshop in London hmm. and he is the most sarcastic full of himself man. And his name is like, um, was Mr. Black. I can't remember his first name, but that's why it's called black books. But it's him. And then he has a buffoon of a, of a, of a employee who, um, and then he has a good friend, a girl that comes in and they have this, interactions it's almost like the seinfeld just make there's no point of the show mm -hmm. but there are things that me and my wife quote <laughs> every once in a while um that one uh, when i first started dating her she introduced that to me and i was like this this is great that she likes shows like this and we got obsessed with it and there's another one i believe is still on netflix that we watch together um called uh, it's either pronounced the it crowd or the oh. it crowd oh we're getting newer now yes a newer one yes but it's really um, funny yeah There's no a... it's really good uh but again it it's not as much of a workplace comedy as you think like the first couple episodes joke a lot about what it's like working in an it mm -hmm. and it's hilarious but after a while like the last couple of seasons or the last few episodes it just turns into a zany comedy like you forget that they work where they are yeah and it's they not work in it's really so it's really more it's not like the office no, it's, it's not, not like, like it's it's really different but it, it also has the famous part where it's like hello it have you tried turning it off, off and, and on, on again you know so that's the memorable thing that people get from that we watch one episode constantly we don't watch the whole series anymore mm -hmm. there's one called the work outing and it's about uh, the girl character, their their boss, almost that go. They she gets a date with a guy, and the two guys that she works with go on her go on her mm -hmm. date to a, a play. Um, one of the guys, um, I think his name is Patrick Dowd. The the Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd. He has to go to the bathroom, and the the or the Lou, uh, the Lou was a fool, so he goes into the handicap bathroom, mm -hmm. and the, his friends like you can't do that; it's for the handicap. And he goes into it. He's like, it's fine; no one will ever know. Well, someone tries to get in. Uh, well, no, so he goes into it. And yeah, he's handicap guys in there. Yes, and he tries to uh, flush the toilet. Mm -hmm. But what it is, it's a handle that you pull if you're handicapped and you need help. And someone knocks on the door. He's like, are you all right in there? And he's like, and he looks up and he figures out that it's an emergency cord. Yeah. And so he held her to tell him he has to um, 
act that he that he's handicapped but the the word he uses is i'm disabled yeah and he keeps on saying i'm disabled, I'm disabled. so we use the word this we use that yep. phrase a lot yep. it's like i'm disabled <laughs> and, and, it, and, it, and it, the whole night just gets worse and worse and worse that is that oh, is yeah, the number one, one best episode and uh um an older one that I discovered, and I only saw a few episodes of it, was uh, Dad's Army. Have you seen that I one? I think I've heard of it. It was about the British Home Guard during World War II. So it's all the, it's a comedy set during World War II, but it's like, it's all the Home Guard. Uh, like, and it's all the zany things. Like, they always think there's going to be an invasion at any minute. and But it's all, like... They can never do anything right. They're Sounds trying kind to. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yo, you should look it up. There, are, a lot of them were free on YouTube. Uh, the dogs are back. Yeah, our, dogs our are dog fans are back. Um, but uh, they must really like the BBC as well. Yeah, BBC, woof. Yeah, BBC, woof, woof. Um, but uh, but yeah, well, that was a good little shout out to a few. Maybe you guys uh, will look up some of these uh, random ones because I feel like everybody knows Monty mm-hmm. Python. Some of these, but. There's a plenty of uh, good ones out there that you need to check out. Yeah, highly recommend watch. Black Books and highly recommend Black Adder. You will, you will delve. It, you'll get obsessed, addicted <laughs> to the Black Adder uh, show. Oh yeah. Well, um, I know uh, we're not quite done yet because we might wrap up this episode with uh, maybe one of our favorite Monty Python skits. But, a little bit fun. But uh, but until then, uh, stay tuned for that and. Uh, we'll probably uh, catch you down the road here. Uh, any parting thought there, Brian? Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for a little more. <laughs> Bye now. Bye. <laughs> it's. It's Matty Python's Flying Circus. Hello, I wish to register a complaint. Hello, miss. What do you mean, miss? I'm sorry, I have a cold. I wish to register a complaint. We're closing for lunch. Never mind that, my lad. I wish to complain about this parrot that I purchased not half an hour ago from this very boutique. All right. Yes. The Norwegian Blue. Oh, what? Uh, what's wrong with it? I'll tell you what's wrong with it, my lad. It's dead. That's what's wrong with it. No, no. It's just resting. Look, matey. I know a dead parrot when I see one, and I'm looking at one right now. Oh, no. He's not dead. He's just resting. Remarkable bird. The Norwegian blue. Isn't it a beautiful plumage? The plumage don't enter into it. It's stone dead. No, 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 no. It's resting. All right, then. If he's resting, I'll wake him up. Hello, Mr. Bully Bullet. I've got a lovely fresh colour fish for you if you show. No, he moved. No, he didn't. That was you hitting the cage. I never. Yes, you did. I never, never did anything. Hello. This is your nine o'clock alarm goal. Now that's what I call a dead parrot. No, 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 he's stunned. Stunned? Yeah, you stunned him, just as he was waking up the Norwegian blue stunned easily, Major.
Um, now look, now look, mate, I've definitely had enough of this. That pennant is definitely deceased, and when I purchased it not half an hour ago, you assured me that its total lack of movement was due to it being tired and shagged out following a prolonged squawk. Well, he's uh, probably pining for the floods. Pining for floods? What kind of talk is that? Look, why did he fall flat on his back the moment I got him home? The Norwegian blue prefers keeping on its back. Remarkable bird in its square. Lovely plumage. Look, I took the liberty of examining that parrot when I got it home, and I discovered the only reason that it had been sitting on this perch in the first place was that it had been nailed there. Well, of course it would. It, would, it was nailed there. If I hadn't nailed the bird down, it would have nuzzled up to the bars, bent them apart with its beak, and boom, Fwee! Voom? Make this bird wouldn't voom if you put four million volts through it! It's bleeding demise! No, no. It's pining. It's not pining! He's passed on! This parrot is no more! He has ceased to be! He's expired and gone to meet his maker! He's a stiff, bereft of life! It rests in peace! If you had nailed him to the perch, he'd be pushing up the daisies. His metallic processes are now history. He's off the twig. He's kicked the bucket. He's shuffled off his mortal coil, run down the curtain, and joined the bleeding choir invisible. He snuffed it. This is an ex-parrot. Well, I, I better replace it then. Saw so, squire. I've had a look around the back of the shop, and we're out of parrots. I see, I see. I get the picture. I've got a slug. Pray does it talk. No, not really. Where is hardly a bloody replacement, is it? Well, I never wanted to do this in the first place. I wanted to be a lumberjack. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>